1: What's up, brother? How are you, man? Dude, we're going to need a longer uh, introduction. <clears throat> why is that? Because you didn't have a chance to drink enough coffee? Or oh, what? no, I got my coffee. I got my coffee. Don't worry about that. That's always my priority. So why, I left Why that.
2: do we need a longer intro? <coughs>
1: well, because I I hear rumors that we might be going on more social network platforms. Oh, uh, you did hear that? I did, yeah. Which one's now? Uh, well, I can't say. I mean, I could say, but then I'd have to kill you, and then it'd be the mic show. Well, see, here's the problem is we don't know
2: when these are going to drop. So it, right. you know, it's hard to really line up the the excitement.
1: Well, let's just say then. Let's Something's just, coming. Let's just yeah, keep coming back. I, keep coming back. I love co- that. I, I'm going to coin that. Keep no, coming back.
2: You know what? I've never heard that before. That's a really good. That's a really
1: good phrase. <laughs> so how are you doing this morning? Hey, doing fantastic, man. Good deal. Yeah, uh, good to be back in the
2: shop. Yeah, absolutely, man. Always, and uh, you know, it's always love to connect with our listeners and uh, you know keep. Uh, Keep writing podcast at sober.coffee. Yeah, yeah.
1: Send those emails. And we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter somewhere. Come on, Mom. Email me. (laughs) Mom's our biggest listener. I love it. Mom is our biggest listener. I love it. So listen, we got a table for three today. Oh, man, I love table for three. What's going on today? Well, you know, there's a, uh, I I wanted to get, I've got a little problem with my toe and I wanted to get a nurse in the house. Uh Uh-huh. Right, but don't there was no nurses available. I Googled nurse oh, no. and it only came up with like fourteen million. So I oh, got a doctor. No. Well doctors are great also. Doctors <laughs> are great also. Actually, I'm I've been looking forward to this doctor yeah. visit. Yeah, serious, seriously. This uh, uh Hey John, good morning. Good morning. Doctor John. Doctor John. So we've referenced Dr. John for those uh, for those listeners that uh, have been with us since the beginning. Uh we can't help but uh quote the good doctor now. Now the good doctor also quotes another good doctor, I guess. So, you know, he uh, he's a, he's a quoter, but because uh, uh, I always about? I always say that's great. He goes, I don't. It's not my thought, right? Mm-hmm. That wasn't my original thought. That's
3: the new original.
1: Nothing original. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's all. Awesome. That's well, not well, true. There well, are well, a couple we'll uncover. We'll,
2: we'll, we'll, let me jump in yeah. before before you start rolling out with our right. uh, strategy here. Dr. John, great to see you. Good to see uh, you, Clint. I've known Dr. John probably 12 years, 10, 12 years or so. Um, very instrumental when, when he was in the room, always welcoming and always listened to what he had to say. Um, Doc, it took a couple of years to sink in. I think we all know that, but. Uh, You're on the slow train. I'm definitely on the slow train. But, uh, you know, it's great to have you here. I really value you and and, and your commitment to sobriety and the people in sobriety and and, uh, the value that you brought to my sobriety. man. I I really appreciate you.
3: I appreciate that, and it's it's mutual. Yeah, Yeah. and on
1: on a serious note, I do too. I have a history with uh, John and... Uh, when I was fresh in the program, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was very instrumental in my life because I was fresh in the program, and I'm walking into these rooms, and mind you, I didn't want any new friends. I didn't want new acquaintances even. I was. Well, you probably didn't know what you wanted. No, I didn't know what I wanted. All I knew is I want, wanted to not be like I was. And uh, and so this gentleman, John, stepped up to me and said, you know, how about we go get a coffee? And I'm like, coffee? <laughs> We're going to get a what is this guy? He's gonna. What, what does he want? What's his angle, right? right? What's he gonna sell me? And uh, yeah, we had a great coffee, man. He walked me through uh, alcoholism, which I tried to do a couple episodes ago, uh, the best I could, of a napkin analogy of what alcoholism I know, is we, all we, about. We have the master of that ism here in the house. So, so yeah, very instrumental. And and uh, he even bought the coffee, if I recall. So. I hope I can do
3: it without a napkin.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, we have some note cards here if you need it. Yeah. So when, when I asked John to come in, um, he says, what do you want me to talk about? One of my favorite John quotes is, uh, I'm not going to quote it. I'm going to let him quote it. But uh, it talks to the first step. It talks to the first step. And and uh, it's very complicated. The first step of Alcoholics Anonymous is that we admitted that we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives have become unmanageable. And I had, I'm unbundling that sentence and I'm trying to figure it all out and looking at the words. And then John said... Let me break it down for you. What what words of advice did you give me, John, about step one?
3: I don't remember exactly what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> well, you said, here's the deal. You're fucked. Now oh, what? Oh,
3: <laughs> can you say that on a podcast? Yeah, yes, sure. you can. Yes, okay. indeed. Do yeah. you want me to ex- yeah, please. Yeah, okay. on that? Yeah, expound on that. Let me preface my comments by saying that um, I am very, very enthusiastic about this program. I love this program. As you've heard me say at meetings, I think this is the best therapy on the planet, unless you have a major mental disorder, uh, uh, such as schizophrenia, for example, for which medication is necessary. And contrary to popular belief, the vast majority of alcoholics do not have a major mental disorder. There's a lot of so-called experts in the field who say that 80-90% of alkies have comorbidities and dual diagnoses. Mm -hmm. Well, we call them character defects, Mm -hmm. okay? But as far as true mental disorders, so uh, unless you have a major mental disorder, in which case you ought to go see a shrink, I think that uh, AA is the best therapy on, on, the, on the planet. And I'll tell you quickly why. All the other therapies, and I'm oversimplifying some, and some of my colleagues, if they're listening, will be angry with me. But all the other therapies, whether it's psychiatry, psychology, pastoral counseling, psychotherapy, etc., basically aim at two things. Number one is symptom relief, make you feel better. You know, if you have anxiety, we'll give you some Xanax, if you have depression, we'll give you some Prozac, Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if we can't give you symptom relief, then we're going to analyze and try to figure out why you are the way you are, and there's nothing wrong with that. What AA has taught me, although it doesn't say so in exactly these words, Mm. AA has taught me is that feeling better and getting well are two different things. Mm. And secondly, insight and fifty cents will get you a cup of coffee. (laughs) Not not anymore. Yeah, yeah, you're dating yourself. Five bucks now. Yeah, you're dating yourself. Right. Who who gives a rat's ass? (laughs) Why you is the way you is. What are you going to do about it? I spent
2: so long trying to figure that out, and and, and finally, after the point, doesn't matter. Yeah, right. I
3: really spent a long time. I spent a couple bucks trying to figure it out too. too. Yeah. Although, and I don't want to go off on a tangent. uh, I'm not sure I agree when people say I no longer ask why questions. First of all, I'm not sure that's possible. I think human nature is that when I'm disturbed, my first thing is why. Why do I feel this way? And I think it is important uh, to have some understanding of why we drink. You know, and I know that goes against the grain, but um, you know, in medicine, there's a saying that your, your treatment can only be as effective as your diagnosis is accurate. Okay? Hmm. Um, Aristotle said, if your major premise is false, all your conclusions will be false. Mm. So if the major premise is that Mike, that all men are six feet tall, mm-hmm. the minor premise is Mike is five foot eight. Mm-hmm. Well, the conclusion must be Mike is not a man mm. because the major premise is correct. What yeah. yeah, I'm leading up to is the first step, I think, is the very foundation and I, for the program. And I think anybody in the A would agree with that, that mm-hmm. step one is the foundation. We hear it all the time, it's the only step you've got to work perfectly. Right. You know? Now, so I'm very passionate about the program in general. And I say that because, as you know, for meetings, I get excited sometimes. And I sound no, like no, say it isn't so. Yeah, I mean, especially first-step meetings. It sounds yes. like I'm yelling at people and yeah. scolding it, and I don't mean it that way. And more specifically, why I'm so passionate about this topic is that everyone on the planet pretty much knows that if you have an alcohol problem, AA is the place to go. Mm-hmm. Secondly, AA is universally available. You don't even need uh, uh, Obamacare to come to a meeting. You, know? <laughs> you, you don't even need a buck. And despite that, and there are tens of millions of alcoholics in our country alone, only about 20% of alcoholics ever come to AA. That, that's amazing. It is amazing. What's even more incredible is that of that 20% who walk through the doors of AA, approximately 90% don't stick around. Now, what do we say at every meeting? What do we read at every meeting? Rarely will a person fail if they thoroughly thoroughly follow follow the path. path. I believe that's a fact. In fact, I would almost say maybe never will a person fail if they thoroughly follow the path. And yet 90% fail. Why? For 40 years, I've been asking myself why. Mm -hmm. Now, I've had the privilege of talking to, over the years, hundreds of those people who left the program, both when I worked in the field and since I'm in the program. And uh, without realizing it, I was doing a study. I asked them, What happened? Why did you give up on AA or Al-Anon or CA or NA or whatever your 12 step program was? And everybody has their, their own unique set of excuses. My sponsor was a jerk. Uh, meetings were boring. I was too busy with blah, 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 blah. You must have talked to my sponsees. <laughs> <laughs> but the bottom line I found, what they all have in common <laughs> is people who don't thoroughly follow the path are people who don't really believe what the first step means, in my opinion. You know, the first step says you're screwed. The -hmm. first step says you suffer from a terminal illness and you're gonna die. Now, you know, if you came to me as a physician with a a headache and I took a CAT scan of your brain and I showed you the picture, and you see this circle here, this lesion, it's a malignant tumor, Mm -hmm. it's gonna kill you. It may take a while, but it's gonna kill you. And it's gonna kill you from the inside out. That's what alcoholism does. The good news is, if you thoroughly follow this path I'm going to lay out for you, not only will you recover, but you're going to be healthier and happier than ever been before. You'd follow that path, right? Sure. Everybody mm-hmm. would. Right. Now, with alcoholism, we give lip service. It's a progressive disease. It's an ultimately fatal disease, um, but we don't follow the path. It's a malignancy of the soul. I just made that one up. Oh, there <laughs> we go. You can't. You can't. Thought. You can't take an X-ray of it. Mm-hmm. Okay? now let me share just briefly so that I don't get too preachy and too pedantic, my struggle with it. I try to be as succinct as I can. As you know, I was an episodic drunk, a binge drinker. And for 20 years, and unlike some people, I knew from the get-go that my drinking was abnormal. I didn't know about a disease concept, frankly, I don't even care now about that, but I I knew that it it was pathological as evidenced by the fact that I lied about it, I snuck it, I hid it. And I learned early on that it was not a good idea because bad things often happen, or more accurately, I acted badly and then regretted it. So time and time again, when the poop would hit the fan, I'd put the plug in the jug, and I would not drink for days, weeks, sometimes months. And when I didn't drink, things got better. You know, I didn't... <laughs> Go ahead, say it. I didn't pee in bed at night. You know? <laughs> it's amazing. myself, man. That's, that's right. It's, it's that's amazing awesome. when you don't drink a quart of vodka before, you know. Uh, and, and I remember my kid's birthday, and I, I, et cetera, and I didn't puke in the morning. So I, I knew those 20 years that I shouldn't be drinking that way. It's a bad idea, but I kept doing it. Now, for 20 years, I thought, well, what, what is wrong with me? Why, why? And I think, you know, the disease concept is a logical concept. And the, the only logical explanation for somebody to drink the way I drank is, A, I had to be pretty stupid. That would explain it. Can't put two and two together. They're not stupid. Well, if I'm smart enough to know what I'm doing, and I keep doing it, I must be weak. That would explain it, because time and time again, I would resolve, and I meant it. I'm not going to do this again. Mm-hmm. Well, in all other areas of my life, I'm not smart, I'm, I'm not stupid, I'm not weak. The only thing left is I must be bad, because mm-hmm. when I drank, I acted badly. I mm-hmm. betrayed my own value system. And when I came into AA, I pretty much decided, thought I was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I was a scumbag. Mm-hmm. And I got news for you. That's pretty much what the whole world thinks, mm-hmm. okay? including the experts in the field. Mm. Even though we get blip service to it's a disease, you know, it looks like we are idiots or weak or bad or mm-hmm. some combination. I came into an A, and I learned that I drank the way I drank, despite those painful consequences, despite what alcohol did to me, because of what alcohol does for me. Mm. Alcohol soothes my ism. Mm-hmm. And alcohol gives me relief for myself. Those periods when I didn't drink. Things got better, but I didn't get better. Mm -hmm. I think we call that being dry. Right. But I didn't know that. Now, with this stupid bad and weak, so in my early times, in my first couple of years in the A, I thought, I'm bad, and I sat there, and and a lot of meetings, I think, still do this, the mea culpa version. Oh, I'm an idiot, and I'm a scumbag, and I'm a horse thief, and I'm a liar, (laughs) and I just got to get honest, nice And I thought, you know, somehow... I'm not. I'm not a bad person. I acted badly, right. certainly, under but the But you influence never stole a horse. Never stole a horse. But I thought, you know, I know I'm not stupid. I'm not weak. I thought it was bad, but I'm learning that I'm not, I'm not a bad person. I acted badly and I got to stop that. Then I said, well, it's a disease. Oh, okay. Well, what kind of disease? And right from the get go, that struck me as a bit of a cop out. And I got news for you. Most people think it's a cop out, okay? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and this again sounds like blasphemy. Mm hmm. And let me, again, reemphasize, I'm a totally A guy, and I think the first step is defoundation. And I know the first step says I'm powerless over alcohol. But my thinking was, my disease is not alcohol. What, what I'm powerless over is not alcohol. What I can't control is not alcohol. Okay? I control my drinking many times. In fact, only alcoholics need to control their drinking. Mm. Can you control how many bananas you eat, Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> I can You probably don't know, unless you have a banana problem. No, I I can really control. I never crave a banana. So you don't need to control it because you don't crave it. You don't need to control it. I don't need to control it. So only alcoholics need to control their drinking. And again, when when somebody comes into A, what's the first thing AA asks of us? Stop drinking. Now, if in fact alcohol was my disease, if alcohol is a thing that I can't control— asking me to stop drinking is a cruel request. Mm -hmm. That's like telling a drowning person, hey, are you drowning? Yes. Can you swim? Do you admit you can't swim? I admit it. I can't swim. What do I do? Swim. Uh, Newcomer comes in. you admit you're an alcoholic? Yes. Do you admit that you can't control it? Yes. What do I do? Stop Mm -hmm. drinking. Mm -hmm. So my take on it is, and I think this is a problem for Ultimately, for that, 90% of people don't stick around. They don't articulate it, they don't verbalize it, because I think there is a not-so-subtle peer pressure in a that don't question anything. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not stupid. I, I understand that, but that that's not only not helpful, it's cruel. I'm not mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. Or, don't drink, don't think, go to meetings. <laughs> now, I immediately start thinking about not thinking. Right. <laughs> you know, Okay. I had trouble falling asleep last night because I was trying really hard not to think that, right. about this session. <laughs> right, right. Because you know, I don't know what to expect. I uh, know, right. So so my, my process of this was, well, I'm not really powerless about alcohol. I, I can't control my drinking. Now, when I control it, I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I enjoy it. I you know, um, said, so, okay, so it's the character defects. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. You know, six and seven step. God, remove the defects. Remove, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then, well, what is that? Bad behavior? No, that's my job. It's my job to put the plug in the jug. I can't keep myself dry. Mm-hmm. Okay? I can do dry by myself. I don't need you in the program to do dry, but it's miserable. So, what is the thing? That, what is the disease that I'm powerless over? My character defects. My character defects don't define me. Mm-hmm. Okay. My bad behavior mm-hmm. is my responsibility. And ultimately, I think working the steps is to don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. Clean mm-hmm. up your act. Act rightly in spite of your thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, the only thing left then is the way I tick on the inside. So, my take on the first step, and I know people say, oh, you complicate everything. And uh, should I quote Oliver Wendell Holmes about Please. the simplicity Please. that precedes complexity may be comforting, but it's worthless? Mm-hmm. The simplicity that follows complexity may be discomforting, but it's priceless. Okay? and. I've got to wrestle with this. You know, I I can't feign the program. And I see people do that. And I did that for the first year, year and a half. I sat at meetings and I had this grin on my face. I love you all. I am so grateful. (laughs) How'd that work for you? I'm happy, joyous, and free. Because that's so you. And on the inside, I'm thinking, screw this. Yeah, right. And and I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent. But since I mentioned that first year and a half, I was miserable. I was a so-called high-bottom drunk. No such thing as a high-bottoms bottom, an inside job and high-bottoms and oxymoron. But outwardly, my life was still pretty much intact. Mm-hmm. So things didn't much better. When I first got sober, the only thing that changed is my soul food had been taken from me. Mm-hmm. The thing that gave me relief from myself, booze, was out of the picture. So I was miserable. And after about a year and a half, an old-timer, he's long dead you now, Charlie Healy pulled me aside. And he said, "He kid, I was 33 at the time, he says, you're not coming back, are you? I thought, whoa, this guy's psychic. (laughs) I "I, I might as well level with him. I says, no, I'm not. He said, why? I said, it's not working for me. He said, what do you mean? I said, "Uh, I'm not feeling all this joy and gratitude and spirituality. He said, so? I said, so it's not working for me. He said, where'd you get the idea this is a feel-good program? Mm -hmm. You want to feel good? Go get drunk. Mm -hmm. Go get laid. Go do some drugs. You want to get well, stick around. But I went off on a tangent. So what's the first step? My passion is that I am convinced that everybody has their own set of excuses. And one of the common mistakes is people judge their own recovery. Again, I'm going on a tangent. But I worked in the field for years. And time and time again, we would discharge somebody from our rehab, and I'd see him for a follow-up visit. And the visit would go one of two ways. I'd say, Mike, you're two, three weeks out of the hospital. How are you doing, Mike? Mike says, I'm doing great, Doc. Sure. Really? They tell me about it. Oh, the Sounds wife, like one of my answers. The wife, the wife and I are getting along and working out and back on the job and blah, 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 blah. And I said, oh, good, good, good. I said, now I, I told you to go to what, uh, five meetings a week. Yeah, I decided I just need one. Yeah. And didn't I tell you to call your sponsor every day? Ah, the guy's kind of a jerk. I don't call him. <laughs> How about praying morning and night? Nah, I don't buy that God thing. I'm an agnostic. So I say to Mike, I'm glad you're feeling good and I'm glad things are going well. But in my opinion, you're not doing well. Or in comes Glenn. Glenn, how you doing? Yeah, this is post-discharge. Terrible. What's going on? I'm depressed. I'm anxious. Uh, wife and I aren't getting along. My sponsor's an idiot. It's so- like he knows us. <laughs> I know. He's like, and, and then Dr. John says, come here, let me give you a hug. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> me- you're being real. Yeah, meetings are boring, this and that. I say, <laughs> well, okay, that, that's good. That's how you're feeling. And how about meetings? Yeah, I go to meetings, like you told me, five times a week. How about your sponsor? Eh, I call the idiot every day like you told me. How about prayers? I don't bite as a God crap, but I'm saying my friend, Glenn, you're doing well. Very important, you know. How you're feeling and how you're doing are two different things. And One thing I tell newcomers, never assess your own progress, you know. It drives them crazy. When I ask you how you're doing, not how you're feeling. If I ask you how you're feeling, you can answer. Mm-hmm. Only If I ask you what are you thinking about, only you can answer. Mm-hmm. If I ask you how are things going in your life, you know better than anybody, mm-hmm. Okay. If those were reliable criteria for progress or lack of progress in a program, then you could assess your own progress. But those are not reliable criteria. Mm -hmm. I can tell you from experience, there are times when I feel like crap. There's times when nothing makes sense to me. There's times, and I'm not talking years ago, I'm talking even recently. Mm -hmm. I'm just not feeling it. I don't feel connected. But that doesn't mean I'm not doing well. In fact, those are times of the greatest growth I have found. So here's where I picked up on that.
2: Just because, and I remember you, just because you're not feeling well doesn't mean you're not doing well. And here's where I really picked up on that. I've shared this before, but I've, you know, a process of losing weight. And I'll wake up in the morning, and I'll feel like crap. I'll feel bloated. I'll feel fat. And I'm like, fuck, this shit ain't working. I'm tired of this shit. And then I go get on the scale, and I lost three pounds. And, and, and so that makes it click all, you know, it's, it's probably a real life experience of, of experience what you just laid out. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't matter how I feel. I just keep doing what I'm doing. And it eventually, you know, Mikey is a good, you know, the way I put it is you can't read the label on your own jar and Mikey helps read my label. My sponsor helps read my label. People in the room who I know very well now and have great relationships, they come up and, hey, man, you, right. blend, you seem kind of off. Right. You know? Right. So I love that.
1: One. Yeah. I, uh, there were so many nuggets in there. And, and I love it. You say, I'm not going to go on a tangent. Let me go on a tangent. Um, and I'm so glad you did because there's just so many nuggets uh, that, that I need to go back and re-listen to this because there were so many things. Let's go back to the first step. So You're screwed. What do you do about it? I think what I heard you say was you you just learn to live in that reality. The reality that people are telling you that read your own label. Learn to live in that reality because you know again I <clears throat> um I'm still on the pink cloud, right? So I've got a couple of days of sobriety underneath me and people go, "Why is he smiling?" right? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, because I paid my dentist. I don't know. Fifty thousand dollars for this smile, so I'm gonna I'm gonna show it off, right? Um, but the the question is, the question becomes, what do you what do you do about it? You, the first step, you're screwed. You, you know, look, life as you know it is going to be different. Is what the words bopping around in my head. That's a very scary thing for a newcomer.
3: It should be. It should be. If yeah. I tell you that you're dying of a brain tumor, right. I hope you're scared enough. I I and yes. I, I know Glenn and I. have Disagree a little bit on this, although I've thought about what you said. I've always said pain for me is the only motivator, not only mm-hmm. the best motivator, the only motivator. Although I agree with you, in time, positive emotion sits in. Not just that's where I'm at. Yeah, not just the fear of the, mm-hmm. the pain, but mm-hmm. the uh, I the, want more. The joy, exactly. I want more of the I good want stuff. I more of what I got. Yep. Yeah. Um, the critical point I'm trying to make, and I don't want to dilute it, is that it breaks my heart that so many people. Don't stick around. The majority, whether it's 85 or 90 or 92%, I don't know. But it is incredible to me that people who are suffering from a malady, a spiritual malady that is ultimately uh, fatal. And as you know, my son died from this disease Mm. seven, eight months ago. Okay. So I know from personal experience, this is real shit. It'll kill you. And... People don't follow the path because they don't really believe what the first step means. And in my opinion, what the first step tells me is I'm powerless over my alcoholism. Powerless over alcohol is just the admission ticket. The painful consequences of my drinking brought me to AA. I didn't come to AA because it was a lifelong ambition mm-hmm. or because I wanted to get spiritual. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, the character defects, and I think that's one of the misconceptions that, that is very pervasive in the program, that it, it's a good, good program, mm-hmm. you know? We talk about, and and that's important, I think, working the steps basically is to behave well, Mm -hmm. to be a good, loving, Christian, if you will, Mm -hmm. person. But even when I do that, even when I put the plug in the jug, and that's my job, and even when I behave well with the help of a sponsor, act rightly, in spite of my thoughts and feelings, even when I do that to the best of my ability, I still have alcoholism. I still tick that way. I've been in the program for 42 years. And I'm still basically a fear-based guy. Mm-hmm. Now maybe I'm a real slow study. Yeah. Maybe, aren't we all fear? Aren't we all fear-based guys at the very end? Maybe I'm a chronically, but but the reason I need to continue to work a program is because I have alcoholism, not alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Okay, John, good stuff. You know, I can't believe our. Well,
2: our, I can tell, Mikey's starting to wrap things up, uh, and I got yeah. two things. Yeah, go ahead, fire away before you land the plane. Um, okay, so. For me, and I'm talking about the 90%, right, that don't come back. For me, I mean, I in and out, in and out, I played this really cool game called what hospital am I going to next? (laughs) And, and, And for me, I had to get to a breaking point where my ego said, because every time I kept saying, I've got this. I'll go to meetings when I feel like it. I'll go to meetings when I have time. You know, I'll work the steps, I'll call my sponsor, I'm too busy, or I'll text them, you know, and relapse after relapse after relapse. I had to get to the point of surrender where I said, and I literally said these words, and I still say them today, I will do whatever you tell me to do. I just cannot take that next drink.
1: Thoroughly following the path.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, I was finally at that point, and if, if they told me to jump off a billion, I would have jumped off a billion because I... What was factual in my mind, my way will, was not working and will never work. I tried. Now I hear about some people that do Coke while they drink. That might be my, my next solution. <laughs> but I haven't tried that. But everything else I've tried. We are
1: not doctors. We do not recommend and, anything yeah, that we yeah. say on the show. Please listen to door blah, 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 right, blah, blah. Right.
2: Okay. So, so um, one, one last question for you is what do you say to people because we hear it a lot. What do you say to to the person that says AA
3: doesn't work? My answer is because you're not working it. You're not working it. I love it. that answer. You're not working it. I mean, AA is, is I, I think the principles of AA are perfect. The people in AA, including myself, mm-hmm. are not. And I think there's a lot of distortions, a lot of... Misunderstand, of course, means I don't agree with it, mm. you know? and I've addressed some of them. Like, what what does the first step really mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a feel-good program. Oh, uh, you know, um, I don't have alcoholism; I have alcoholism. Mm-hmm. But it's not a get-good program. You know, um, it's a get-well program. I can keep myself dry; I'm not powerless over that. I can make myself good; I'm not powerless over that. But I cannot get myself well. It's a program of transformation. Not reformation. I can reform myself. And during those 20 years, I talked about it was a cycle of drink, do bad things, regret it, and then I, I go for weeks, uh, months of compensating. And it wasn't—it wasn't manipulation. I was being devious. I'd be super daddy, super husband. I'd work 16 hours a day. Okay, I get real good. Not sustainable, though. No, It gets boring, no. and no, nobody notices. Nobody <laughs> notices after a while. You, you should <laughs> totally.
1: put a you should put a billboard up. I'm John. I'm better. You know, I love that. Transformational. I love that. That's what I can relate to. I'm telling you, I just would recommend anybody. This is a re-listen to. uh, There were so many nuggets in there, John. Thank you so much. There's so many nuggets in there. Will you come back? Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Take care, Mikey. Hey, see you, Glenn.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.